You're listening to a Living Word Family Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about Living Word Family Church, make sure to check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Living Word Family podcast in the studio with me today, as always, are Matt Kreider, our tech guy and youth leader extraordinaire. Jack of all trades, Zach of all trades, Zach Bensel here <laughs> wow. behind the controls, and our, I'm, I'm uh, Scott Millis, pastor of Living Word Family Church, always good to be here, and the with us, with us today, very special guest, Brigadier General Mark Jackson of the Illinois Army National Guard, welcome Mark. Thank you, Scott. Gentlemen, thank thanks you. for being here, Mark. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Mark is uh, speaking to our men tonight. In a couple hours, we've got our men's night out and uh, got a pretty good turnout. I think most of them are coming for the saloon beef. Well, I would is, say uh, so. I think, yeah, Mark Jackson is just a bonus. I think. <laughs> gravy on the that's beef. Right. And actually, before, uh, so we're not confusing, that's a couple of hours from the time of this recording. So if you're Correct. listening in a week from now or whenever we whenever we get the chance to get this posted online, uh, don't come out to the church because you've already missed it. So oh, well, they can still come to the church. <laughs> yeah, you, you can still come to the church. Yes. We may, you know, <laughs> you missed the event. <laughs> now let me before you guys get rocking and rolling. Um, I have first of all, it's a such an honor and a pleasure to have you here, uh, General Jackson. Um, quick question: My father was in the military. Uh, and I have such huge respect and admiration for our military and for the men and women are, that are in it. But I'm not a military man myself. So I would, uh, to be honest with you, I, how do I, as a civilian, how do I address? Do I just call you by your first name? Do I say General Jackson? Do I stand up? Do I salute? Do I give you like a gift? I don't know how this all, how this all works when I'm speaking to a, a especially a high-ranking member of the military such as yourself. Well, I usually have people bend the knee. <laughs> <laughs> He's got five aides outside the room right now. Some, somebody pay, walking uh, before you saying right. bend the knee. Paying <laughs> homage and providing tribute. <laughs> but, no, you know, in this small circle, guys, uh, Mark is fine. Okay, Mark is good fine. to know. Thank you. And uh, <clears throat> you are part of the military community. If you grew up as, you know, your father was in the military, um, I'm oftentimes it's harder on the families, and I have a special love for the military families. Um, yeah. Now he was now to clarify. I mean, he served before I was born. Like he got married when he got he was drafted in, in, during Vietnam, and so he returned. So we, we weren't like a moving around military sure. family, or I mean, it wasn't a hardship like that. Sure. So, but you but, were still part of you know the aftermath of all that. Still, yeah. you know, part yeah. of that. So yeah. yeah good point. Very good. Point. Thank you. What's your connection, Zach? Um. He Actually, a lot of war movies. Well, my both of my grandpas did serve. My grandpa was an engineer in World War II, went around building bridges um, in France, I think, on my dad's side. And then my uh, uh, mom's side, my grandpa joined the Army Reserve so he wouldn't get drafted into Vietnam. You know, I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew he served. So. Oh, and, and if we're comparing a family, my uncles who married into the family his father was in world war ii as well so just in wow. case that was actually it was pretty cool he's the one that i talked to you about um uh my uncle kept a i should say my uncle's father kept a diary while he was in world war ii and Perfect. for like uh, oh, do you remember me telling you about this pastor scott for like a year or two years i know it was at least a year if not two years or more um and so my uncle has that diary and what he did he took it upon himself a few years ago and started this project where he set up a website it was a blog and every single day of that blog every single day of that website 
he would put his diary entries complete with pictures, whatever pictures uh, his father put in there. And I cannot remember what he called it. I wish I could think of the name of the website. But uh, it was such a neat project because the dates matched the dates from the entry, obviously, with the exception of the year. And uh, and so every single day, it was almost like you were walking through his military, awesome. his service. It was so, so neat. In fact, it, the News Gazette wrote articles wow. on it and stuff. It was a pretty cool project. Wow. It's kind of a, you know, just something that kind of he can kind of be closer to his dad and stuff. Yeah. He and his dad were always really close anyway. But it, it was just really cool. So, yeah, very high regard for military families and kind of what they go through and everything like that. So, sorry, I didn't mean to no, no, go off on that no, tangent. No, but those are priceless, you know, family heirlooms. Yeah. I um, When my son was born, I kept a journal every day as much as I could as if I was talking to him because, oh, you know, he's too young to, to know what's going on. I'd share yeah. things with him, and even as he got old, but that habit still continues to this day. But wow. I did mine in war, too, and um, – so I've got all my journals from war wow. to, to get cool. them to. He's he's seen a couple of them, but um, he's not ready to take possession of them yet. And, yeah. Um, somebody heard about it, and they did a news story on it, too, and they published a few of the entries. Oh, but, really? uh, oh that's cool. so cool. Yeah. It's, he goes, yeah, I'm just not idea. ready to read that stuff yet. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. I don't have a lot of family history. Uh, as far as the military goes, I, my, my dad was an only child, and uh, but both his mom and dad came from large families, and only one on each side of the family ever served. My really? uncle Bob on my mom's side served in uh, World War II in in uh, Air Force. When did it become the Air Force? Forty eight. Okay, so Army Air Corps, and then and, and then through the transition, and then my uncle Gordon on my dad oh, dad's okay. side. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Served in the Navy in the in the very end of World War II. Um, and uh, I joined the National Guard in 1983 because I didn't know what else to do with my summer. And, <laughs> no, uh, you wanted to protect the world against the scourge of communism. That was the main That's thing. What you wanted to Plus, do. I didn't know what to do with my summer. <laughs> and uh, somewhere in there within the next, got to, through a series of events that uh, it's too boring to go into right now, wound up joining ROTC when I got back from basic training and somewhere in there as a cadet in the Urbana uh, unit, the Urbana 2nd Battalion, 130th Infantry Combat Support Company, I met another cadet named Mark Jackson. That's right. And uh, we were in that unit together from probably, when did, when were you there, 85? I joined in 84. 84. Yeah. So from 84 to 89, we were in that unit together. Mm-hmm. My... Uh, other than hanging out and talking, Mark, you turned me on to a lot of great music. Uh, we had a lot of great conversations. Uh, one of the f- first memories, and I'll share this tonight during your introduction, if you don't mind. Sure. There was a there was a winter camp, and I want to say it was eighty six, might have been eighty seven, uh, probably up at Ripley, mm-hmm. where we were short an officer. Uh, I believe, if memory serves, we lost an officer due to a failed drug test. Yes, and uh, I won't name him. But we went there short at an executive officer, and you, as a cadet, served as XO right. for that camp. For and Paul distinct Vallis. For Paul Vallis. And you distinguished yourself as probably the most effective officer in that company oh. as a cadet. Uh, and I think everybody thought so. And I mean, this, this guy has got a lot on the ball. And I'm not saying that we all looked at him at that moment and said, there's a guy who's going to be wearing a star someday. But uh, you really were something. And, and, and you've always... I've always seen you as just kind of a standout and, and, and a stand-up guy. Just uh, I mentioned you. during our, some of our earlier correspondence, I admire how 
you've uh, maintained your integrity and uh, and distinguished yourself with with obviously with bravery. I heard just a few snippets of conversation at your pinning ceremony, so I hope you're telling some of those stories tonight about your war tour. But can you give us, first of all, what I'd like to ask you, uh, and we'll shift this over into something spiritual here in a minute, but can you give us just a sketch of your military career? Sure. Um, well, I, I graduated high school in 83 from Rantoul, grew, grew up in a uh, Air Force town. Right. My Both my grandfathers were in World War II. Uh, neither of my parents were in the military, so it skipped a generation. Uh, I knew that I needed a way to pay for college, and one day I saw a commercial that said, you give us two days a month, two weeks a year for six years, and we'll pay 100% of your tuition. And at the time, Illinois was one of the first states to do that. And I thought, it's kind of a (laughs) no-brainer. So I decided to let the Army pay for my college education. Unbeknownst to me, (laughs) 34 years later, I'm still trying to pay off that college (laughs) debt, you know. But my intent was just to do my six years and get out. Um, After my first year, I got hooked. But uh, back up a bit. Yeah, I joined in 84, and while I was in college, I decided to join ROTC and became a cadet, and I was a year behind Scott and some others. But you were actually my first mentor, and and I I found that out putting together some thoughts for tonight's conversation that you and I think there was a guy named Steve and maybe one other cadet – you guys were in charge of preparing us to get ready to go to basic training the next year. So they put together a program that every drill weekend we came, we worked with them because they'd already done it the year before on what to expect at basic training and how to be prepared for it. And Scott mentored me and a couple others on to do that. And because of that, you know, Basic training was a was kind of a breeze at that point. Um, so that's when I got hooked and decided to stay in. Uh, but like Scott and I were platoon leaders together. Those were some of the best times you can ever have as a yeah. as a unit leader. You're a small unit leader, about 30, 33 people. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's the smallest unit's a squad, but everything kind of works at platoon level even still these days. And we thought, this is it. This is this is the life as a platoon leader. Yeah. And um, we just started eating it up, eating up the schools and eating up the training and the camps. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I, I was surrounded by great people. But, yeah, I, I learned putting this together that you were my first mentor wow. in this organization. Well, I'm going to write that down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small claim to fame. Do you remember, not to interrupt, speaking of platoon leaders, I made a statement to you about the time I got out that if I could stay a platoon leader forever, yeah. I would stay in forever because I loved that job. That's right. And with every promotion, you get more and more people to take charge of, and that removes you less and less from yeah. the actual touch of the, the unit level. Troops. Yep. And um, probably why you were such a good youth pastor. It's basically a platoon right there. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> no, there's a connection there. They're absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that's Definitely. a good analogy. So then, yes, uh, platoon leaders. Platoon leader became XO of the unit, company commander, and then um, did some battalion staff time. 
then became battalion commander there at uh, 130 here in Urbana. Um, I remember uh, in my full-time job at the time, I was working for the state police, and I had put in a transfer to go from working in Southside Chicago, where I had been for, at that time, um, 14 years, I think. And I put in to transfer to the cholera uh, counties. Uh, it took a year and a half to get my transfer. The day I got my transfer was October 1st, 2004, which was a, a Friday. So I wasn't scheduled to report till Monday the 4th. So I go get my orientation there with the new district, meet the command, meet some of the people, do a ride along, um, get my car, driving it home, excited. And I get a phone call from my brigade commander. Um, you're going to war. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So that, by that time, that was my third deployment. Um, so I next day I had to tell my boss, I'm giving you about a month notice, and then I'll be gone for about two years. So... Um, uh, yeah, that was that. But um, and see what happened to Southside of Chicago after you transferred. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but before that, my first call up was um, in uh, October of two thousand or August of two thousand. But back up, back in maybe February and March, I remember walking into the Urbana Drill Armory, and our operations officer came down and said, "Are you are you ready to go?" I said, "I don't know what you're talking about." And, Talked to the boss, found out that we had just gotten a presidential order to, to go to Kuwait to help guard the uh, Patriot missile sites there. Wow. And so I came home from drill that weekend and sitting at the family table and kind of had this tired look on my face from all the briefings from the weekend about it. And my wife said, um, how was drill? I said, good. Yeah, it was good. You know, she goes, well, it's not like you're going to war or anything, right? And I just <laughs> said, you know, pass the pizza, please. You know, <laughs> and, and, and we just moved into this house oh, wow. three months earlier. So wow. we don't know anybody in the neighborhood, don't know anybody in the county, you know. Um, and we get this notice. My son is uh, not even six at the time. So, but he was the trooper about it. And... Uh, that one was six months. We weren't there three, four weeks, and then the USS Cole was attacked. You guys remember oh, that? Yes. And that name, Osama bin Laden, started getting passed around as the culprit and wanted signs all over Kuwait for him. But um, because of that, we, we escalated our force protection, and we're wearing everything all day. And we got to about 140 degrees temperature out there in the Kuwait desert. So... Uh, it's just, you know, taking care of soldiers meant making sure they're drinking water every day, enough water. Um, and then got home from that in February of 2001. And then what happened, you know, what, uh, 16 years ago yesterday, you know, 9-11. And then a couple weeks after that, get noticed too, that we're headed out in January of 02 to backfill all the units in Germany that were the first units to go in theater. So we uh, went to Germany, Italy, and Belgium, and we had work units there. And I was home, like I said, for about two years, and then third and final call-up. So 
Yeah, it's been it's been busy years since you yeah. got out, Scott. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> when was your uh, war deployment? When were you you headed over as as battalion commander in two thousand five? Is that right? Um, we actually got down to Georgia. We we mobilized under the forty eighth uh, Infantry Brigade out of our brigade combat team out of Georgia National Guard. So we got down to Georgia in January of two thousand five. Uh, the first week of January 2005 to link up with them to start training. And then in April, we went out to the National Training Center in California and trained in the desert for a week. By that time, we were so sick of it. We were saying, just send us to Iraq now. We're just, you know, just at least get us out of here. We hate this place so bad. Um, but it was, was funny. One of the, the funny stories about meeting the some of the great men and women from the 48th Brigade Combat Team out of Georgia, <clears throat> excuse me, was I was meeting one of the other uh, fellow battalion commanders, which is a lieutenant colonel, and um, I'm looking at his unit um, colors, which is their their flag and all their battle streamers, and I'm looking at the streamers and I realize some of those look familiar. So I had a runner go get ours and bring him and compared them. And they had quite a few Civil War battle streamers that we had, but the colors were reversed. We actually found out that we had fought against each other during the Civil War. Wow, really? And now huh. we were going to war together yeah. as a team. So it was, huh. it was wow. pretty fun. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of good ribbing um, with the unit. Our, our boss told us that the day we got on the ground, he wanted us all to turn in our lighters because the last time all you Yankees were down here, we burned the land. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it was yeah. that kind of um, pairing that went on. But it was, it was some good fun with those. You got you had to have a sense of humor. Right. Um, but, sure. yeah, we arrived in Iraq in um, the end of May of 2005 and came back out the end of May 2006. Wow. Okay. So. That whole deployment was eighteen months. You can tell but some actually, a year. About that tonight. Yeah, and right. about a year in theater. So wow. And what was a real wake up call was the night we had everybody in theater uh, right there in Iraq in the Baghdad area. Um, three rockets striked into the camp, struck into the camp, and I had. Three soldiers injured that night. So three Purple Hearts the first night were there. Wow. wow. Two of them returned to duty. One of them went to Germany and then eventually back to home, and he was never never returned back to us. His injuries were so bad. Oh, wow. So he got a combat infantry badge, Purple Heart, um, all in one night. Wow. So, wow. But it was, in a way, it was... It was great because then I was able to tell all our other people, hey, you know, this isn't camp. You know, this is this is a real thing. So we were able to get wired together that first night. Really, wow. That, huh. I think that was, looking back, I think it was a blessing in disguise. Right, right. So when you returned from um, Iraq, mm-hmm. what was your next thing? How long did you remain battalion commander after that? Um, just a couple months. I turned it over to um, another guy. And then I went to join staff at state headquarters, and uh, then I went to war college, focused on that, and then came back and was uh, given a brigade command. And uh, 
I was going brigade command of the 65th Troop Command Brigade in Springfield. We had field artillery, helicopters. Um, we had the band, you know, military huh. intelligence. We wow. had you know, we we were we were holding a bunch of the units that really worked on state missions. Uh, I had that brigade for four years, brigade wow. command, which is usually only get two years as a as a colonel, and then I was selected for the command, the 33rd Infantry Brigade Command, which is, again, headquartered here in Urbana. And I got that command for two years. So I had two brigades for six years, both of which are unreal. Hmm. But the day of my change of command ceremony, immediately after, I didn't even get any cake, (laughs) pulled into a briefing because we were going to go to Afghanistan. So that's why I found out I was selected for that but so we trained for that and we're getting ready to go and i think four months out five months out maybe we got stood down so we didn't end up going but what another thing would have been would have been i don't mean to sound personal about it but had that happened i would have been one if not the only guy to have deployed a company a battalion and a brigade. Wow. Wow. So. Wow. Missed it by that much. Exactly. <laughs> that much. <laughs> huh. So, because you remember, you know, in ROTC, we're all training for a war. We weren't going to fight, you know, against, right. against the Soviet horde. And, That's right. Uh, well, I, I've mentioned that more than once to people People talking about that, you know, yeah, what, you know, you were in the guard. And, <clears> and, and I've, I've, I've been careful to point out that. You know what? There was, despite what I said about, you know, what am I going to do with my summer? There was some genuine patriotism sure. there. Yeah. You know, right. The way I was raised, small right. town conservative, Reagan years. Uh, and we were gung-ho. And we definitely were training for war with the Russians. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. But it was still peacetime. Mm-hmm. And these kids joining up today, uh, or you know, over the last 15 years. Right. It's a different world. Sure. When they're signing up, they can pretty much count on being deployed or could have for, for quite some time. And so I really do have a strong admiration for them because it's not a someday maybe. Uh, it's a, it is a different world. Right. We're on a war, a war footing. I know up to and about a year ago, we were pretty much telling them if when you sign up for six years, pretty much guarantee you that one of those years you'll be deployed. Wow. At least. Wow. Wow. And but you so, know, it, it, it really has been... Um, there's been a lot of blessings with the heartaches, you know, it's, um, one, like I said, with my son telling him each time in our family, he was the first one I told, uh, about my deployments every time. And I remember the last deployment I got home from work before he got off the bus from school and my wife Deanna was still at work. So Tyler came in the door and at this time he would have been. Um, 10 and I said Tyler I got to go away again for the for the army this time I got to go to war and he said will I be able to to write you I said yeah will I be able to email you yeah will I be able to call you every now and then I said yeah he goes we'll get through this dad (laughs) (laughs) I cried I cried you know I, I, I mean that's amazing so the the um, forcing him to become a man of the house 
for the first deployment when he was six really made him mature early. Wow. And yet, at the same time, it robbed him of a lot of child things, too, because he had to step up to the plate. But Mm. one of the blessings is I've been able to transfer my GI Bill to him. So he got to use that to pay for his college. Um, And... Yeah, it's 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 been good, and yeah. in the long run, it has been a blessing to our family. And and you've always come back. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I'll continue to serve as long as, you know, this is where God wants me to serve and where I'm supposed to be. Um, I've accepted that. If I don't accept my fate in the world because I don't look at it that way, but you know, you heard me say at my um, promotion ceremony that I am a servant, and, yeah. and that's one of my favorite Larry Norman songs. Is yeah. I am a servant, and I take pride in that and uh, to serve people. Right. And yeah. now I serve not only the soldiers of um, the Illinois National Guard, but also the citizens of the state and of the country. So I enjoy that, and I'll oh, serve sure. till it's time to pass the reins to somebody else. Outstanding, cool. outstanding. Uh, you. <clears throat> Gave us a nice little segue into something I wanted to cover, at least briefly, because we are running out of time. Oh, okay. As long as I've known you, you know, if I've already mentioned, you know, you're, you're stellar. Yeah, you're a bright guy, born leader, uh, just get a ton of quality. I go on and on. But you've also been a Christian as long as I've known you. And uh, that's something I think that was originally one of the things you and I bonded over. Uh, our, our love of Christ, love of, and Christian music, and right. knew a lot of the same people, traveled in a lot of the same circles. How has that, uh, how do I want to phrase this? The military environment isn't always the easiest one to uh, be a good witness for Christ in. It's, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's hostile, uh, but it, uh, yeah. do you know what I'm trying to say? I understand exactly what you're trying to say. And, and it's hard. Um, I remember, again, to quote Larry Norman, one of his things was people would ask him, are, are you religious? And then you would always answer, I'm not religious, I'm I'm a Christian, which yeah. means I'm forgiven, which means I make mistakes and I'm forgiven, and I try, you know, yeah. and there's a big difference, sure a big is. difference. And, and that's all I try to do is, is more through actions than words, you know, don't want to be the guy that's pushing my beliefs on other people, and so I just kind of try to do it through actions there's um in today's political correctness area uh. one of the things that i've started to notice and, and not just in the military but everywhere is we try to be so sensitive to others about this and that but then they're being insensitive when we hear them use god's name in vain yeah you know and and, and to me, that's an insult that I have to to mind myself to. I I can't say something. Not that I would say anything derogatory anyway. I know what you mean. But to to hear hear the swearing like that, no matter where we are, just constantly has made me step up a little bit more because I'm not really political nor am I correct <laughs> but I just I've just thought at this point what have I got to lose and I right. just start saying even to complete strangers you know hey uh, I don't appreciate that kind of talk I'm offended I'm offended by it um, you know p- 
put put them on the the caution that way. Right, you know, everybody's right. afraid of political correctness this day. So <laughs> I encourage everybody to do that now. Yeah, is just yeah. is step up and um, protect what we believe in with right. that, that That's little good. statement. That's yeah. good. Um, are you still active? It seemed like at uh, one point in our conversations in the past few years, you mentioned that you were. And maybe I imagine this. You play. Uh, I know you're a musician. You've you've done right. some stuff. You still play with your uh, praise and worship team in your church, or did you do that? Did you I do did. That I did that now? for a number of years and was kept getting interrupted with the deployments. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, and, it, makes it tough yeah, on the rest of the yeah, band. It it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> but they were very supportive. Um, but then several years ago, we changed churches, and um, I want to play in this new church. We uh, one of the stipulations is you have to be a member first, mm-hmm. and we keep missing the member classes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been it's been a few years that way. But we're trying, and now that we're both retired from our full time jobs, we can. Yeah. One of our goals is to be more involved in our church and our yeah. community. Did you mentioned you just changed churches? But did having a church family in uh, over the last several years did did that help? Was that a uh, uh, a help for your family during the deployments was it a help to you? Did they was there a, a yes. void that they filled? Did they, yes, there was, and they did they be the church? Yeah. Yes, they did, uh, and both churches, um, they they were, and the one we're at now continues to be, because um, especially hard because one thing about the National Guard is we come from all over, mm. right? You know, um, we have a lot of soldiers that live. In other states, Florida, Colorado, Michigan, you know, and they come to Illinois to drill. Huh. So when we get deployed, that family is an isolated unit from family support groups that the military, that unit offers. Whereas of active duty units, everybody lives right there, either on base or right there around the base, and the families have that tight-knit community right there. So my wife was and son were always that little satellite out here and other families here, here, here. So she relied a lot on neighbors, friends, family, coworkers, and, you know, and the church to, to provide that, that network. But yeah, they, they, they really were. Outstanding. Cool. Well, gentlemen, there are things to be done between now and, uh, six fifteen. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I think we need to bring this episode to an end. Unless there's something urgent you'd like to add or uh, ask Just the general. Just like to thank yeah General Mark Jackson for being yes. with us. Thank today. you. It means a lot. We appreciate you very taking much the time out to do that. So. Coming down here to do this and 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 taking the extra time to do this podcast. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thanks for making my first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addicted. Yeah. <laughs> Come down anytime. All right. Be part of our regular panel. That's right. Or All can right. I be a caller sometime? Hey, there, you know, hey, there can, we I, go. Take a caller. I can, yeah. I, I can no, say. I've seen too many videos of that yeah. going on. <laughs> hey, uh, long time, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> uh, to uh, close us out there, because I remember the uh, sign off here. Uh, what, what are the procedures? Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Living Word Family Cast. We will see you next time.